If the Bible's got you tied in knots If you're burdened with religious thoughts Come grab a drink and join the choir It's Heretic Happy Hour Well, hey, we're live. Welcome to the Heretic Happy Hour live podcast. We got a little feedback there. We're rocking and rolling, man. That's been your set. So, hey, uh, welcome to the Heretic Happy Hour live recording. Welcome to the podcast. Give yourselves a big hand so they know you're live. You're really here. Yeah. Woo. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, it's so great. So, uh, hey, my name is Keith Giles. I'm one of the three co-hosts here of the uh, Heretic Happy Hour podcast. We want to welcome you to our live recording. We love doing these live shows. Um, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Matt and Jamal. That's Guys, you want to introduce yourself? Say hi. Hi, friends. My name's Jamal. It's great to be with you guys. It's a pleasure to be back on the Heretic Happy Hour with you guys in the flesh, incarnate. Yes. So good to see you guys. And um, I am the author of the most recently released book, right there. Living, living for a Living. Yes. So if anybody's interested in living for a living, I would encourage you to read that. Um, and it's good to see you guys in the flesh. Look beautiful. What if I'm interested in making a lot of money? <laughs> you definitely want to read the book. All right. Yeah. Oh, hey, I'm I might get it after the show. I yes. forgot to make my announcement. So I'm sorry. I know you. Do you have it or not? I, I forgot. No, I'll to introduce myself. I, later. I'm off the notes. Here. It doesn't matter. Okay, you. No, go. Should I go? Okay, sorry, sorry, everybody. This is live. It's way more important. Um, hey, we're doing this. We're doing a series right now in our here to Gap our podcast on culture wars, and uh, so today's episode will be uh, one of the episodes in that series. I don't know if I want to say what it is. Right? Not yet. No, no, we'll get say there. that. We're gonna say okay. that. I think it's a secret. It's a secret, secret for now, and then. Uh, but we need to, of course, say a huge, huge thank you to our great friends at Sidecar Donuts. Woohoo! Yeah. So, Jason, yeah, awesome. Jason Clower uh, from Sidecar Donuts. Uh, he's one of the guys who's helped us, you know, give us this place, this space to meet him, which is an amazing, amazing space. And we have awesome Sidecar Donuts over here for you guys for free. Check it out. Get um, thank you, Get Sidecar. Him. Yeah. And that, that makes me uh, the third host. I finally get to introduce myself. Thank you, Keith. Yeah, please introduce yourself. Um, Matt DiStefano. I'm the offer. Uh, offer? Offer. O- I'm offering these books that I've authored uh, right in front of you. Uh, I've got three of them devoted as fuck. Eh, mm. Chiching. Um, From the Blood of Abel, that's more serious and scholarly. And then Heretic is right in the middle. Yeah. So there you but, go. But can, I say, can I say this? Like please. that performance where you were rhyming and flowing yeah. uh, with, dude, that was impressive. Yeah. Like, was that live stream? Did we live stream that? That's I think fantastic. So. That was, Honestly, like that, you. like I'm not just saying that, like that's, that's quality. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that means, was, that, that means a lot to me. Yeah. I, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. It's yeah. that's, that's, uh, there's a lot of rappers out there, but, um, it's very rare, rare that you find, but like Kanye, I'm the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was, that was a lot of skill there. <laughs> hey, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> Uh, before we get into it, look at all this cool stuff we have up here. We have sure, a new sponsor, yeah. and they have provided us with some awesome uh, whole foods, real food from real ingredients from small batch farmers, and they're doing stuff like uh, mushrooms, uh, not those kind of mushrooms. Um, you, we, if you have questions about that, you can talk to me after the show. Uh, they've got, they've got what are they coffee. Called? Wait, what are they called again? They are called Wild Foods. Wild Foods. They have a website, wildfoods.co, not .com. And if you are interested in like really high nutritious, high density nutritious food, they've got great fish oil over there, uh, which I take. Um, you got to go to wildfoods.co. 
And a special bonus, we have a promo code for our listeners. So it's happy hour 12, happy hour one, two, the digits one, two, not 12 written out. Happy hour 12, you'll get 12% off your order. So yes, do that. Uh, their mission is to heal people. I think 5 million is their goal. Mm-hmm. They want to heal people with whole food and they believe that food is medicine. I agree with that. So we're super stoked to have them as our sponsor. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. Absolutely. Um, oh, by the way, by guys, the way. I, um, I, I announced this probably last, last show, uh, but I'll do it again just in case the word did not get out, but we have a hotline. No, we have a hotline for the show. We're the only We're going to beat that dead horse for hundreds of episodes. <laughs> I swear. We're the only podcast that has a hotline. Um, the number is 240-343-7379. And if I'm not mistaken, you can call that, what, anytime, right? 24-7. Operators are standing by. That's right. Yep. And okay. if not, you can leave a voicemail and you can leave a text. A text. Yep. And so I believe. I believe. Yeah, the kids love it these days. So I believe we do have a text that came in the hotline. Is that right? Awesome. Okay. This text is, quote, free resistance. I have many thoughts, but the most pressing by far is my <laughs> horror at your Braveheart comments. William Wallace was Scottish, not Irish. Heresy! Who said that? Unquote. We don't know. Yeah. Okay, I don't, I, that was from a caller. Um, I don't know. When did we a talk texter. about Braveheart? Or a texter. A texter. When did we talk about Braveheart? Well, in the last that. episode, I referenced... I referenced Braveheart. Now, let me, I, I actually, sometimes I'm wrong, but not very often. And he was Irish, right? Was he Irish? No, no, no. The, the, the no. listener, the listener got it wrong here. Oh, oh you're the, doubling down. Okay, the, okay, here's the deal. If you, whoever the listener is, no no offense here. I, I appreciate the text. We love it when we get uh, calls and texts to the hotline. But you need to go back and listen to the episode. Because in the episode, I was not referencing William Wallace. I was talking about Braveheart, but there was a character in the film Braveheart That's right. who was an Irishman. And the Irishman says an Irishman is forced to talk to God because that's the only equal that an Irishman has. And I was actually making a point because, so there was something different about that Irishman. Mm-hmm. And that's that Irishman knew who he was. And that's why he was like, it's my island. And he was like, it's my island. And he saw himself as being like God. And that's how he protested English rule. And he was really effective, by the way, because he, pro- and so the whole, the whole episode was about protest and like, what's the best way to protest? You can protest as somebody who's a peasant under the thumb of, or you could protest like the Irishman who understood his true nature. And that was the point I was trying to make. Yes. So that's for correction. I was not, yeah, I know, you know William what? Wallace is Scottish, <laughs> but the Irishman was Irish. That's there you why, go. Hence All the right. Irishman. So I think we're clear now. Yes. We've been settled the debate. The air has been cleared. Yes. You know, we Good. deal with the important things on this podcast. That's what I really like is we get down and we clarify what's really important. I like that. Mm. Yeah. But I think we have another. We have, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We do. We have a voicemail. We have a voicemail. Okay. Yeah. Hey, good morning. Merry Christmas. Um, my name is Billy. I'm from Texas. Phone number two five four five seven seven one sixty two. Don't pay attention to that. Don't write that <laughs> shit down, people. Podcast and I like it. What the heck? But your podcast I just listened to about what does it mean to be a Christian. Uh, showed up a question, and I don't know if you guys covered this later on. If you do, you just text me and say, "Oh yeah, I listen to pot episode whatever." Uh, but the question is this: What does it mean to be in the image of Christ? Given people's personalities differences, 
And even like as for me, I have Asperger's. And so my way of showing Christ is probably going to be a lot different than most people's. Uh, just your thoughts on it. I appreciate it. Thank you. That's a great question. Do we have any opinions about that? The or, image of Christ? I don't know. Have we ever talked about that at all? I don't image know. Image of Christ? Um, Maybe hmm. once. I had, well. I guess it depends on what you, what you mean by Christ. Yeah. Well, I had a weird thought. Is this not really related? <laughs> I, not Kind of related, but not related. Like I'm sorry. It's, I just had this weird, you know, I have these weird thoughts. You're like, you're in the shower or whatever. And I just had this thought one day, like, do dolphins think they were made in the image of God? Like I, th- I bet I've they asked do. That question. I bet they do. They look like they do. Yeah, I bet. I bet. You know what I'm saying? Like, pretend you're like a monkey, and you're. Don't you think to yourself, yeah, you know, I'm kind of made in the image of God. Like, why? Why do we hold that just for ourselves? Like, because we're human, and right, we 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 have internet or whatever. Right, we're we're <laughs> intelligent. We do math, whatever. Right. Oh yeah, we're in the image of God. But like, are we the only ones? Like isn't that's another question, but I, I just think it's an interesting concept. But anyway, it's a good. I think it relates it, to this question, right? The, what does it mean to say we're made in the image of Christ? Yeah, I um, I always like John's gospel. John's gospel is my favorite, and it, throughout John's gospel, Jesus says to follow him because he does only the will of the Father, and he says it in various different ways. And and I love in John's gospel, especially in the prologue, where Christ is the the logos of God. So what does that mean? We, we translate it to word. I think it means more than words. Right. Um, uh, Heraclides, which came, he, he was a Greek philosopher who came before Socrates, he argued that the logos is the structuring principle of reality. What structures our society? What structures the world? What structures the cosmos? And in John's gospel, he argues that that word, that logos, was made flesh. And we are like Jesus. Jesus calls us brothers, sisters. And that logos, to me, is one who lives in love for the other, one who is nonviolent, mm-hmm. one who um, engages all situations with an outpouring of love for the other. So to me, that's what being made in the image of God is like. That's, that's us at our most godlike is when we live in love for the other and and are merciful and forgiving and gracious, and we don't hold grudges over one another. We're not retributive. And yep. can a can a dolphin do that? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if they ask the question, but that's a great thought. But what, what if there's a different sort of a standard for humans than for dolphins? Like maybe dolphins don't have to live up to that standard, but dolphins have a more dolphiny kind of a standard of what it means to be a dolphin to image a, of Christ. You'd have to ask Flipper. I'm not sure. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring in the animal kingdom, but anyway. <laughs> Jamal, I'm sure you have thoughts on this, right? Yes, yes, yes. So um, it's a great question. Thank you for the uh, to the caller who is asking that question. Um, you know, I'm going to use the word Christ and God interchangeably because we understand that Christ doesn't is not synonymous with one human being that lived 2,000 years ago. I think that I think we're pretty clear. Right? I don't think we all that agree might, with that. I'm not sure we all agree with it, but I know that's a very strong opinion that you have. Yes, yes. 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 Because Jesus, according, <laughs> I'm just saying, according to, to the Bible, that, right? according to the Bible, Jesus is the first. It clearly born. says. It clearly says clearly he's the, the firstborn among many others. So clear. So the body of Christ is more than just one person. So the essence of Christ. I agree with that. Uh, um, 
And we, sure we would equate that. that Christ is the visible image of the invisible God, right? So this is what also what Paul teaches in his letters is that Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. So for me to be made in the image of Christ or the image of God, I, I see that the clearest, and this is just me. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen, if you've ever looked in the eyes of a newborn baby, but when you look in the eyes of a newborn baby, it speaks of infinite knowledge, infinite wisdom, infinite being, just pure awareness. And I don't mean knowledge in the sense of information. Information. Right. Yeah. I mean knowledge in the sense of just being itself. Mm-hmm. Mm. And there's just this sense that I get. And if, if you're a parent, you probably get this at some level. You've looked at your baby in the eyes and there's just this, there's just something about it. And then um, the baby gets a little older, gets two, three years old, develops a separate kind of persona has a name has a story starts to develop that kind of goes through this has a has a psychological phenomenon that goes on around two years old that sees themselves as a separate being Mm -hmm. and then they have this breakdown you know and there's like resistance and angst and the attachment issues yes all the just okay then we lose that sense then we go that child is flawed look in this and then you know we're taught (laughs) we go to the we go to church and then the church teaches that's the sinful nature and we develop all these ideas about that but then sometimes we peek in the doorway at night, right? You peek in the doorway when they're laying in bed sleeping and you just kind of look at them. You ever done that? And you go, oh my goodness, perfection. So perfect right there. That's the image of God. So that when your baby is sleeping or when the baby is newborn, you look in the eyes of the baby, you really get the glimpse of divinity when the baby's doing nothing, mm-hmm. just existing, just pure being. That to me is the image of God. Mm-hmm. That's what it means to be made in the image of God is just to be you completely you without the story, mm. without the attachments, without mm. the, without all the drama, just you. And that's, that's what I understand it to be. Yeah. And we all have us. And then they become toddlers and adolescents and teenagers. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. No, that's beautiful. I like yeah. that. I like that. Yeah. And I well, also like that the caller mentioned, um, you know, he, he, was very vulnerable and mentioned that he has Asperger's and, and I don't know since I don't know who this guy is and I'm not sure why he mentioned that, but it felt to me like he kind of threw that in there. Um, and I could see someone, if you thinking in some ways like, but I'm different, you know what I mean? There's normal, yeah. there's everybody else, but I'm over here and I'm different cause I've got Asperger's or, or whatever, right? Something about you that makes you sort of different or unique from the crowd. And, and you might even start to question other people might even try to suggest to you that because you're a little different, mm-hmm. maybe you're not so much perfectly right. The image of Christ. Yeah. Um, so again, I don't know if this caller is thinking that in the back of his mind or even if just people in general, I think may struggle with that. And I think, uh, it's, so it's really important. I think for us to affirm that any human being, anyone just by virtue of the fact that you are a human being you are made in the image of god yeah. you are loved of god you're accepted you are 100 percent exactly yeah. enough to be you know uh to qualify for that yeah. right, to be in the image of god yeah. uh, we had a call we had a caller i don't know if it was last episode or two episodes ago had a similar question i think about this idea right of the image of oh it was about aliens right he asked about <laughs> yeah. no no he asked about if we ever meet space aliens and they don't look like us, would that be some kind of a, would that mess up our faith because they're not merely made in the image of God? And so we talked about how yeah, we did. being made in the image of God is not about having two arms, two legs, right? A head. Or being bald or having or, big eyes. Yes. No, that is the perfect image of God. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. So it's our humanity, <laughs> right, that makes us in the image of Christ, right? It's not yeah. the physical structure, you know, how we're built and our sort of our yeah. silhouette. That that has nothing to do with it. And so I think it's important yeah. because I think sometimes people can feel sort of disqualified for whatever that may be, right? Mm. Um, mental issues or emotional issues or physical issues or whatever that may be. And it'll be, I think it's really sad if someone doubts that. Yeah. 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 Can I say something about Asperger's or autism in general? Like I work with folks with autism. That's my quote unquote nine to five. And I really think, well, we're on the, we don't understand autism that well as a society. I, I think once we understand that autistic people aren't disabled necessarily, they just typically think in a way different way than most people do. Yeah. And Autistic people have such a gift to offer because they think in such a different way that they can really provide a lot of really cool insights into the universe that people who aren't on the spectrum can provide. And Mm -hmm. so if someone is dealing with, and it's not just autism, like it could be anything, like you have something to contribute to the story that we're all sort of telling with our, with our lives. Mm -hmm. And, and I think, once we understand that people who are, who are autistic, for example, aren't necessarily like disabled, they just think differently. And once we can accommodate our, our lives around that, we'll realize how much they have to offer. Like right. the folks I work with who have autism are phenomenal human beings. Yeah. Yeah. And they just think in a different way that most people don't. And that's okay. And it's actually beautiful because they can offer a different perspective that most people can't see. Yes. So to the, yeah, to the caller. Yeah. Yeah. Bravo. And we need, you know, I think that's beautiful because we do need each other. We need that diversity. You know, we need people like I, sometimes I'll talk about how, like, I think that for me, in some ways, the definition of hell is to sit in a room with like 10 people who all are exactly like me and think just like me and agree with everything I say. And like, that sucks. Like, how am I ever going to, you know, it's, first of all, it's not stimulating at all because nothing you say will ever be be challenged. Right. Everyone's going, yeah. Oh yeah. Like, ugh, that sucks, right? You want there to be a little bit of, uh, to be with people that aren't exactly like you, that don't uh, don't think the way you do, don't all see things from different, uh, see it from different ways. And that's how we learn and grow. This is a whole iron sharpening iron thing. We yeah, need some sure. of that to happen in our lives, and personally, and even just as a society, we need to listen to different voices, right? Yeah. Which is like going back to the that one of the songs you were doing. Um, it's That's why it's so damaging when we isolate a certain part of the population because they're different from us um, and marginalize them and make them feel and not just make them feel that way, but even actually push them away. Like they're not welcome. They're not part of the church. They're not part of the club. Right. Right. And how damaging that is to them and to us. Sure. So, yeah. So if you listen to the show, you probably know that this next portion is our heretic of the week. Unless anyone's walking up here to do that, we don't have a heretic <laughs> of the week. Not this time, no. So we're going to have to uh, have about a 40-minute discussion and on our topic today. Yes. And it's an interesting topic. It, we're going to talk about like celebrity Christianity mm-hmm. and what kind of... I, I'll say this. Yeah, Can go I ahead. Kick this? us off. I don't want to cause beef. I really think Kanye West is Wait. no. Let me finish. <laughs> let me finish, my friend. Let me finish. I'm I'm a hip hop fan. It's obvious. I think Kanye West is fairly genius 
typically over the whole over the whole of musically. his career musically yes, over the you. whole of his career about what he has done mm-hmm. lyrically and uh, production wise i don't understand this <laughs> this whole new <laughs> phase where where you move toward this like christian status and all of a sudden people just sort of fall at your feet yeah and kind of worship the ground you walk on simply because you say Jesus. Yep. And we see this in Christianity where there are, <laughs> is everyone all right? <laughs> where there is this propensity. Everyone okay back there? Are you okay? The propensity towards like almost cultically worshiping anyone who is popular or a celebrity status who becomes a quote-unquote Christian. Right. They've joined our team now. They've so they're joined one of us. our team. They put so on our jersey, so now yay. <laughs> so now yay. Yeah. And. Sorry? Pedumptus. Pedumptus. So yay. Yes. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I, I didn't even mean to do that pun, man. But thank you for catching that. <laughs> um, You're woke. Yeah. You are so You're woke. You're so woke. <laughs> I have a song about that. I didn't play it tonight. <laughs> Maybe the encore. You do an encore. <laughs> I don't know. Um. But it's just interesting, and I have an issue with that. So what is your issue with that? Well, I I tend to think about things theologically. And so when Kanye became a quote-unquote, and I'm not trying to throw him under the bus. I'm just saying, like, this seems to be the MO of people who, like, convert to a type of Christianity. He said something about the fact that once he became a Christian, the IRS gave him like 60 some odd million dollars back and that was a sign that he was blessed by God. Oh yeah. So it always seems to turn into this what we call prosperity gospel or a very um pigeonholed evangelical message that now Christianity means this, we gravitate towards this person. But we don't listen to Kendrick Lamar because he says a lot of cuss words. But he's, it's the most spiritually attuned album, his last album, Damn. But he says cuss words. So we don't, we don't listen to Chance the Rapper. We gravitate towards this one celebrity who happens to speak our version of the message. And we say, that's okay, now he's on our team and he's the mouthpiece yep. for God. Yeah. Well, we had Kendrick in Christianity, if we is Christianity, a long time ago. But he doesn't say the message in the way we like to say the message. Or we had Chance the Rapper. Mm. Oh my God, he uses cuss words and he says things that are real. To me, like the whole new Kanye album, to me seems like pandering toward an well, evangelical you know, message. Well, Can I problematize yeah, I think it is. this? Yeah. Can I problematize this? That's what I do. <laughs> no, I problematize is, things. That's my word. We're, we're no, turning no. the tables. Turning the tables. Here. Okay, it's so, a new year. So let me tell you the difference. My understanding, here's the difference between Chance the Rapper, Kendrick Lamar, and Kanye West. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, Kendrick Lamar and Chance the Rapper do not preach Christ in the way okay. that Kanye West does. Kanye West wants people to make a decision. Yeah. Wants people to make a decision to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Right. And yeah, Kendrick yeah. Lamar and Chance the Rapper saying do, real shit. do not have that aim. 
Isn't that? Am, am I afraid? Did I capture the difference yeah, between these sure. guys? Yeah, as different? far as I know, I think you're right. Way. I, I yeah. don't. Okay, because if you go to, the, okay, so 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 Kanye West has these things called Sunday services. Yes. Yeah. So people come out. They go to this this thing called a Sunday service, and it's a church service. Yeah. And he tries to take like a backseat role. He does obviously in the music part and that kind of thing. But then they have like a preacher who gets up and gives an invocation, and people then can come and make a decision. And that's what he actually sees himself as being a smaller part of a bigger purpose. The bigger mm-hmm. purpose is to get people to make decisions about Jesus and to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. That is what Kanye West does. Yeah. That's, and this has been a shift. He's, he's a convert to that religion, sure. and that's what their aim is. That's, to me, what makes him different. I didn't say better. But you know what, though? Didn't he... Different. different. That's why the Christians have loved him. Yeah. Yeah. But sure. so, so go back. I, I'm not a hip-hop fan. But like when Jesus Walks came out, when Kanye, Kanye won a Grammy, I remember this. I, I watched the Grammy Awards, and I, I'd heard the song before, but Kanye won like Rap Song of the Year with, with Jesus Walks, performed it on the stage, right. and I was sitting there going, oh my gosh, that is flipping awesome. So in a way, at one point anyway, Kanye was expressing openly... Uh, some kind of a faith in Jesus, right? But it probably was at the time closer to what like Chance the Rapper has Uh been doing, right? Because he was still, you know, dropping F-bombs and all the other stuff. Didn't really change his lifestyle very much. Um, But just, hey, I got this song about Jesus, right? Um, And so now you're right. He's made this shift. So here's what I don't know. And I just don't know. I don't know if anyone has an opinion. You guys have an opinion. Here's what I don't know. I wonder about. Like, so yes, Kanye has made this shift all of a sudden, and he's made this declaration, I'm now a Christian, and he's, but he's this kind of a Christian that is very mainstream, very evangelical, very much has have an altar call, let's get people saved, right? And so here's what I don't know. Is Kanye the victim here? Or in other words, someone, some pastor guy convinced him that he needed to get saved, and then now he, he is... And now they're telling, okay, well, step two is you need to use your, your platform, your celebrity. You've got to get out there. You've got to win souls for Christ, man. And, you know, God's expecting this of you. And so he's buying into that and going, well, holy crap, I guess I better do that, right? So he starts doing this stuff. So is that what's happening? Or, and I think there's evidence for both, <laughs> to be honest, or is this some kind of, because it feels in some ways too, like there's a little bit of a strategy here. And I don't know, and I'm assuming it's Kanye. Because this whole thing he's doing, the Sunday service that he's doing and the album, like it's very monetized, right? People are paying like ridiculous money to go to these Sunday services and, you know, uh, to be a part of, to buy, you know, I think they were selling the communion or something. It was weird stuff that was going on. It was really bizarre. So, so when, I, when I see that and I also think, okay, Kanye has also, even prior to this, has said that he's seriously considering running for president. What do you have to do to win presidency in America. Well, you need to you need to get the evangelical Christians on your side. Trump has done that big time, right? Bigly. So, it bigly. So, I can't help but wonder is it possibly that this is also part of his strategy now to get a whole bunch of evangelical Christians on the rah-rah Kanye train so that in a couple of years he's going to kind of use this to, you know, lead himself into some political thing. I don't yeah. know. Again, I, I don't know. I'm just saying I, not, yeah. I don't I see this and I'm not sure What's really going on here? Yeah, I never want to like judge a person. Like, I'm not, I don't want this to be about Kanye necessarily yeah. because I don't know the heart of someone. Yeah, exactly. I have no idea. I just find it interesting that it seems like when someone converts to Christianity and becomes this celebrity status, 
that Christianity means evangelical, You're right? Conservative. I mean, it, well, if and it's going to be accepted. It's going to be. Embrace, ex- it has to be that. And in America, I don't know what yeah. it's like in other countries. I have no yeah. idea. I'm sure it's different. We have a very specific cultural context. Yeah, we have a very um, specific type of Christianity. It just is always interesting that 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 the people who become the most Christian celebrities fall in line with this theology and right. it's check all these boxes off. And it's all those sort of things. It's like make Jesus your Lord and Savior. Yeah. Uh, believe this and that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure like Trump is supposedly a Christian and he talks about people looking up at him from hell. Like there's the heaven and hell dichotomy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he makes those jokes. Um, it just seems like it, it's just interesting that you don't hear about Christian converts who are on a different side who then critique the mainstream American Christianity. They would want nothing to do with them. And maybe that's the whole thing about like someone who's prophetic right. is never welcome in their hometown. Right. Someone who's going to critique those in charge. Well, of course, those in charge or those in the majority. Yeah, they're not going yeah. to be too enamored exactly. with someone if they were critiquing them. Right. right. I, I'm more fascinated with this whole phenomenon, not because of Kanye West. I mean, Kanye West is, he's the next, he's the, he's. To me, it's a product of something else. He's the most recent example of the kind of thing we're talking about. But But this has been going on a long time. I'm really more fascinated by the people who like it. (laughs) Like the album? Because the album's not not great. Not even the music. Not even the music. I'm more fascinated (laughs) by the psychology of the people that think this is a good thing. Because that, I think, it's a it's an opportunity to have a deeper conversation to go, oh wow, you're excited about Kanye West being, you know, paraded out there mm-hmm. and you know he's 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 being promoted and you're excited about that. Let's look at why that's exciting for you. Why do you think that's a good thing? And you know, you know, I were like like if you guys are fans of Cat Stevens, mm-hmm. like uh, you know, back I know who back he in is. Day. So Cat yeah. Stevens is you know <laughs> from Kanye to Cat Stevens. Well, Cat is the same thing. Kanye, no, West, but he, had a, he converted Kanye. Yeah. Kanye West and Cat Stevens are the same phenomena. Yeah, Cat Stevens became a Muslim, changed his name. So the Muslims, if you come from a Muslim world, they love to bring out Cat Stevens. He was a famous American pop icon, you know, and he became a Muslim and he saw the superiority of our team, of our religion, of our philosophy, and he converted and look. And so they parrot him out there. And of course, he's not allowed to do music like he did, you know. So it's like, but the idea is like, oh, yeah, we have our guy. He, He wears our jersey now and supports our team. Here's what's interesting to me, though. Amongst the people who think this is a good thing, I think it brings up this question of like, isn't the mean, does the means justify the ends is people deciding to accept Jesus to make a decision. Cause the, the whole Sunday service is about making a decision. Right. What does making a decision about Jesus actually do for a person? Number one, I'm curious about that. What does making a decision about Jesus do for anybody? Mm-hmm. And number two, um, what is the aim at the end of the day? It's like, what what ends up what what is what ends up happening to a person who makes this decision? Like where do they at the end of the day, is it the decision that transforms their life? Well, it depends on who you're asking. It, and it depends on what you mean by who's yeah. who's right. Jesus. Right. H A W H O S E. What I'm what I'm saying I used by to this, think the answer was yes, but not don't anymore. People get really intoxicated with fame. Mm-hmm. So the folks who, there are good meaning people out there that believe that people should make a decision for Jesus, number one. I know lots of people that go, if you make a decision for Jesus, that's a good thing. 
So if we can use somebody's fame and popularity to get people to make a decision about Jesus, why not? That's a great thing. We can celebrate that. Because So there's a belief that, number one, making a decision about Jesus transforms your life. That's a belief. The question is, is it a true belief? Number two, there's also a belief that says fame, popularity, is actually powerful to change people's lives. These are two beliefs that I think we, this phenomenon, we should, we should question those beliefs. Yeah. Mm. Let's look at those two beliefs. Do you have to have large crowds to make a difference in the world? No. Number two. Hope not. Number two. And by large crowds, I mean, do you have to have public mass appeal? Right. And number two, does believing in making a decision about Jesus, does that actually do anything for you? Change your life? Okay, I'm going to share my personal belief. Can I share my personal belief about these two things? Sure. Number one, making a personal decision about Jesus doesn't change anybody. If you give me enough time, talk to me. I'll prove it to you. <laughs> I agree Number with you Number two. I agree with you. People, because Christians for 2,000 yes. years have been making decisions about Jesus and have been largely unchanged. It doesn't change you. It makes you a part of a tribe. It makes you part of a club. Mm-hmm. It makes you part of an association. Just like, for, for example, Muslims have a creed. They have to believe a certain thing. For a Muslim, if you want to be a Muslim, you have to believe that there is no God but Allah, and you have to believe that Muhammad is the last prophet. If you believe that, you're part of the club. If you want to be a Mormon, you have to believe that Joseph Smith is the prophet. Okay? If uh, you name it. Okay, all the religions, they have their little gurus that make you part of their club. Here's interesting. Christians have adopted the same philosophy by saying, if you want to be a Christian, you have to believe certain tenets about Jesus in order to be a part of us. That is what you've been taught. That's what we believe. And people who champion the Kanye West phenomenon believe that. I actually think it's the opposite, however, of the message of Jesus. Because I don't see anywhere in the message of Jesus, Jesus <laughs> speaking about what you believe about him. I actually don't yes. think he cares what you believe about him. But here's what I hear Jesus saying. When you read the message of Jesus, I hear Jesus asking a question. What are the, what is the rumors about me? And Peter says, oh, well, here's the rumors. You're this, you're this, you're this. Who do you think I am? Well, I really think you're divine. Basically, I'm paraphrasing. I think you're an offspring of the divine. I think you're the divine in human form. That's what Jesus said. That's what Peter said. Jesus goes, oh, man, you got it. Let me tell you who you are. So we have our guru telling us who we are. But the gurus of Christianity don't really tell you who you are. They just tell you who you're not. And they try to tell you who God is. But that's not the message of Jesus. So it's really, you need to make a decision. Should we make a decision? Yes. But the only decision, in my opinion, that will actually change your life is not the decision you make about Jesus. It's the decision you make about who you are, which is exactly what I hear Jesus saying in his message. It's who do you think you are? And I can prove that to you <laughs> from the Bible. However, Doesn't that's, a different, that's, that's a different conversation. conversation. Secondly, I want to like reference Julian of Norwich. I love her. Okay, so Julian of Norwich. Yeah, Julian of Norwich, if you know the name of Julian. Far more, far more effective, in my opinion, for the cause of Christ than Kanye West. And that's not a knock on Kanye. It's just that Julian of Norwich did not have, I think she's a great example. I think she's one of many. A great example of what real authority and power look like to affect change. Julian of Norwich lived in a little box in uh, England somewhere, locked away. Nobody knew her. 
She wasn't allowed to even show her face in public. She wrote her ideas, her revelations of God on these little pieces of paper, and then she died. And no one ever heard of her. We really don't even know who she is. Julian of Norwich is not a real name. And these papers somehow, because they're inspired, made their way out there. And we're having a conversation today about her. And she lived in the 1300s. She's no fame. She didn't have any popularity. It wasn't mass appeal. But she had a revelation of God that was profound to the point now where she's a Roman Catholic and her revelations now like totally flew in the face of Christian theology. One of the things that Julian of Norwich said is, she said, you know, I would ask God all these questions, show me this and show me that. And she'd have these profound revelations and God would show her everything she asked her. And she goes, then I asked God to show me a picture of his wrath and his judgment. And I saw nothing. Hmm. Hmm. And she wrote that down. I extrapolated that. This was in the 1300s. She was, that would, that would have gotten her killed, but she died. <laughs> and then her writings matriculated and had made their way out there. However, I just use that as an example to say, you know, I think we're obsessed with fame because we think it accomplishes true work in the world, and it doesn't. It's irrelevant. The question is, what do you do with it? It doesn't matter if you have fame or if you don't have fame. The question is, what is the source it's coming from? Mm. So Kanye West is irrelevant. When it comes to, we think we latch on to people's fame. It's middle school psychology. Right. People hang out with the popular kids because it thinks it will, they think it'll make me popular. If I hang out with the popular kids, it'll make me popular. This is middle school consciousness. Mm-hmm. And this is what we're doing there. We think, oh, if we hang out with Kanye West, they'll believe in our message of Jesus even more. It's not how it works. Right. Number, and, 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 and here's the, here's the thing. It doesn't matter what you think about Jesus because Jesus doesn't care. And you won't get that from the writings of Jesus, by the way. <laughs> oh, I, I, I think he cares. I just think it has nothing to do with him. Like, I think that's the point of like Matthew 25, 31 through 46. Like, you get the parable of the sheep and the right. goats, and Christians typically love to point to that, that, oh, people are going to be forever lost in the eternal damnation, and some are going to go to eternal life. And it's like, have you read the parable? Yeah, read the whole thing. <laughs> read the whole thing. Everyone's confused about who is in which club. The sheep are confused. The goats are confused. It's not what you believe about him. It's what you do for the least of these that matters. Right. You're like, if anyone goes to hell, <laughs> I don't even believe in hell as eternal damnation. Right. If anyone goes to hell, it's the people who think that there's a sheep. That's mm-hmm. the point. So I think Jesus does care. He cares what you do for other people, not necessarily even if you know right. his uh, name. Yeah, it's not about, and we talk about this a lot, and I totally agree with that. Like this. I used to think that. I used to believe that believing what you believed mattered, um, right? That, but I think this is the one of the major mistakes of evangelical Christianity in America is that we've treated the gospel like it's about having the right information, right? Mm-hmm. If you've got the right information about who God is, you can answer these questions correctly on the test, you know, boom, 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 hey, you got 100%. You're a Christian. Why? Because you had the right information about God. But that is not at all what... Uh, like what you said, it's not what Jesus says. It's about at all, right? He, he doesn't talk about. When, there's a there's a there's a passage where Jesus talks about. He says, "This is eternal life to know God and His Son, whom He has sent." But the word "know" is not the word for information, for knowledge, for having information. It's the word "know" in the way a husband knows his wife intimately, sexually, and they conceive a child. Where's that sexy sound bite? Yeah, ooh, baby. So think about how radical that statement is. Interpret what Jesus is saying. This is eternal life, to have an 
intimacy with God that is so close that it conceives new life within you. That is eternal life. So it's not about information. It's about transformation, right? And I, so I agree with that. I think, yeah, we've gotten way off track. It's become, unfortunately, something where because it's about information, uh, this is why we need a celebrity because we're selling something, basically. And you need a celebrity spokesman. And this guy just volunteered, and he's Kanye freaking West. Yes, score, right? We got a celebrity spokesman selling our product, right? Um, and so on some level, yeah, that for, for that mindset, it seems that, oh, this will work, right? But in the end, what they're selling is hollow. I don't think mm. it's not, it, like you said, it's not really going to transform your life. It's not about transformation. Right. It's the same thing that every church is selling, you know, if you think about it. So it's one of those things that I just, I find it to be fascinating to me. Um, that when people walk away from an experience like that, I always want to ask them, you know, you come out of a Sunday service kind of a thing and you say, okay, did you make a decision? You know? And I say, yeah, I made a decision to give my life to God. And I understand the heart of that, the sentiments, like I'm, I'm making a change. There's a newness and that kind of thing. But ultimately the only decision that will really, I have just my own experience and, and just what I'm, what I've come to understand is the real decision that actually changes a person isn't what you think about God. It's what you know yourself to be because that's, you have to live with yourself and everything you do comes out of a sense of who you are. You like, that's, if you lose yourself, you have no grounded being to operate from. So it's how you perceive self. And I find it interesting that Jesus would, would like speak to his followers about who they were. And that is such a contrast to some of the other religious systems out there that are just like talking about like, in the, okay, if you want to belong to us, you have to claim like mm. Jesus. I don't think he's that big. He doesn't have that big of an ego mm. that says, yeah, it's really important that you say my name right mm. or that you understand this about me. Exactly. Questions like, oh, let me tell you who you are. You're Peter. You, I'm going to build my movement on this on this truth that I am the divine incarnate and you are also a part of that same rock, yeah, same you, essence. You know this what, is who you, you are. know what originally messed me up in this arena is when I really would meditate on Jesus calling people brother and sisters. Hmm. Like, well, what does that mean then? So we say all these metaphysical things about Jesus and these theological things. And, and then it's like, well, what did that guy who we say all this stuff about talk about us? And he called us brothers and sisters. And like, yeah, and friends. Really, yeah, there's yeah, also really the amazing passage where he says, first. I don't call you. Yeah, he says, I call you friends, like, which was a radical thing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Sounds like the Irishman. Yeah. I wanted you, though. Scottishman. Matt. Irishman. 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 <laughs> so I, uh, I wanted you to talk, though, a little bit about because when, we when, we're, when we're talking about celebrity and our obsession with celebrity, um, I, I can't help but think about this whole sort of Rene Girard's mimetic theory, oh, yes. um, which I think is genius. And I know you've written some books about that, and I know you have lots of uh, insight on that. So yeah. could you kind of explain real quickly, like, what is mimetic theory, what, and, and how does that play into this whole obsession that we have with celebrity and, and the way it affects us? Uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, so the if I have to give you like um yeah sixteen minutes sixteen I don't want to take all the time <laughs> my God I can't talk for sixteen minutes straight I'm I talk the least out of uh, out of all of us so you can't make me talk for sixteen minutes if I have to give you the elevator pitch of mimetic theory I'd say that it's it's a way to describe human behavior 
And it's much more complex than that. It gets into how cultures and religions are founded and why we're so sacrificial and why we scapegoat others and all this. But when I think of someone like Kanye or I think of any celebrity, there's a reason why advertisers use celebrities. Because we have this mimetic or imitative pull to be like those people that that we take on as models. And they're typically people who have done great things in athletics, who have done great things in music or movies or what have you, or people that we see as attractive. I think Kanye is one of those things that we take on as a model. Like we all want to have that success. We want to have that fame. We want to have that notoriety. We want to do something that we think, um, because we see like someone like that as someone who's accomplishing something in the world. And we all kind of want to have that. Joseph Campbell, of course, would talk about the hero's journey. And, you know, we get in this thing, we, we want to have like a hero sort mm-hmm. of persona. And I just see someone as Kanye is just another model we take on. Yep. And, and it's, it's so, um, well, below the, the, below the like forefront of our consciousness that half the time we don't even realize that. And I, and I think that's why people rise to such status and, and Kanye has accomplished things, but I'll say like a lot of celebrities have not really accomplished anything. Yeah. You're like, why are they so, why do they have such a celebrity status? Because everyone wants to be like them for, for whatever reason. I mean, you could talk about all sorts of celebrities. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to knock the Kardashians, but what have they really done? Well, why do we, we all kind of want to be like, that's why there's, that's why they're popular. Right. People want to dress like them, sure. wear the same clothes, drive the same car. Right. And this is how it plays into advertising, but it, sure. it, it but it, but it works. This but it is works. The thing. Of course because it works. That's human, why they do it. Right. But why it, does it work? It's a human, it's part of human nature. I think it's nature. our, it's our wiring. I, actually, we're wired. I think we're well, hardwired to imitate. I don't, but I don't, can I, I, I hear what you're saying. Like, you can't disagree some, with me because then you'll be wrong. Well, <laughs> How about this though? I don't. I only think it's a product of unconsciousness. No, I, I agree with you. Once it's you become, below the consciousness. Right. So, so what yeah. I mean is like it, it's really in our highest nature to not do that. So well, I'll give I you an example. That's great. Um, Paul Peter. So here's Peter who um, was unconscious, and so he's one minute saying, you know, if somebody betrays you, like, and you go to prison, I'll, I'll go with you to prison. Like, yeah. ah, no problem. Yeah, I'll die for you. I'll die for you. Yeah. And then a few hours later, he's like, I don't, I don't even know the guy. Because right. he's in a crowd. Right. And right. so there's that right. mimetic yes. yes, of course. That's exactly draw. a good, perfect example of yeah. it. Yeah. And Jesus knew that. Yeah. Because exactly. I believe Jesus was conscious. And he's saying, okay, right. no, actually, let me tell you what's going to happen. Blah. Like, this is the dynamic. And right. I think we all can do that. Exactly. I know people who are unconscious. Listen, and I'm sure you guys do too. You know when some, you know, if we've all been to middle school. And you know the people who are just into the... We want to hang out with the folks that are popular because we want to be popular. You've all experienced it. Maybe that was you. Maybe you've been around people like that. If you are friends with somebody who's all into status, if you're friends with somebody that's all into status, you don't trust them because you know they'll do that to you. Mm-hmm. As soon mm-hmm. as you're not popular, see you later. Yep. Sure. I don't talk to you anymore. Right. Yep. We get it. So it's the same thing. Jesus was like, yeah, I know what you're about. You think we're about this movement here and you're all into it because I'm the Messiah and people recognize me. Wait a few hours. When I'm on trial. You ain't there anymore because he's conscious. So this happened to Peter. Peter then realizes, holy, like, oh my goodness. The minute the cock crows. Right? Yeah, he's it like, oh, he like, it was an awakening. Like, right. I just did the thing I didn't want to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Runs off. But then after that, he's not going to fall for it anymore. Right. Because he has now elevated his consciousness. To the point of, oh, because what does he really desire? He knows. It doesn't really matter what the crowd says or what the crowd doesn't say. 
I know what's real. I know what's what the essence. People outsource their significance. So your significance cannot be outsourced. People who are into status, popularity, this is what the crowd's doing. They have, it just, it's not because they're bad. It just means I in myself don't feel like I'm making a difference. So let me attach my name to this celebrity Mm -hmm. so I can feel better about myself. Or at least make myself look like them a little bit or act like them or dress like them. And I'm a little bit closer to someone who does matter. It's unconsciousness. Yeah. But when you become conscious, you're like, oh, I'm in and of myself, very effective. Mm -hmm. I will Agree and disagree with you, Jamal. <laughs> I will say that it does matter because, and that is why the reason Jesus said the statements he said about only imitating the Father, because if if we yes. have a model like Jesus, who is not rivalrous with not Peter mimetic, and those, yeah. he, he's my he, he's, he's not mimetic, but he's creatively imitative of the Father, right. which gives us our identity of being non-rivalrous ourselves. Mm-hmm. So which, by Father, you mean God? I mean God. I mean pure being, I mean pure consciousness, I mean bliss, uh, if you want to use that as a kind of loose translation of Sat Chitananda, which is what the Hindus talk about. But if you want to talk about love or kenosis, the um, the ethic of other-oriented love, I don't see that as rivalrous, and I see that as mm-hmm. the importance because I think Jesus understood that we are, we are imitative, mm-hmm. right. and we, are, we so we're going to imitate so we someone. Imitate we cannot... I, this is where I disagree yeah. with Buddhism and say that you need to get rid of your desire. No, I would say you need to desire the things that the one the right who shows us what to desire, yes. which is non-rivalrous love for the other. Yeah. So that's where I will say imitation is important as long as we are conscious of it and we can be creative and not do this whole subconscious thing where we worship celebrities and this and that or others. Just if I see you got this cool thing and I want it and mm-hmm. there's only one of it, of course we're going to fight. Well, but know, if we have someone who's non-rivalrous that we can imitate, that's the importance I see of Jesus helps, yeah. Jesus saying, imitate me as I imitate the Father. Right. And here's where I would say, when somebody admires another person or um, doesn't for whatever reason, I always, I, I love, I love when, when I hear this all the time, people say, you know, I, I really admire that person. I'm not like that, but I wish I was like that. You, ever, you probably heard people say that. I so wish I was like that person. I'm totally not like that. And I always like to correct people when they say it in a good way. And I always like, well, why do you, how do you recognize that? I firmly believe, and it's like two guitars. If you take two guitars in a room and you pluck one string, if the other guitar on the other side of the room, if it's tuned exactly to the same frequency as the one guitar, you can pluck one string and it'll resonate on the other string across the room and the other guitar because they're tuned to the same frequency. So I always tell people, if you admire something about somebody, it's because it's actually in you and it's awakening something in you. That's why you see it. If you didn't see it, you wouldn't recognize it and it wouldn't admire. So it is actually you. So if you see something about Jesus that you admire and we want to emulate him mm. as a mimetic kind of way, mm. it's only, it only, you only recognize it because it is you. Yeah. Can I say it's, and it's awakening? I, yeah. I think it's also true in the negative in the sense, like mm-hmm. when you, when, and I can, I can, I can say, uh, is happening to me. If there's something about a, a particular person that annoys the crap out of you and you cannot you stand it. this thing about this person, I don't know how many times it's happened to me where like, I've been like, oh, this drives me crazy. They always do this. And then I'll think about it and go, it's you yeah, you know, it. I think I do that too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and yep. part of what I hate, what I see in them that makes me angry that I have that 
reaction to, what I'm actually reacting to is that same crap in me. It's a mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and it's also, if it's negative, it's something that needs to be worked out. Of course. Mind. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But but I end up, we, we externalize it that that's the problem over there. That person, they need, they need to fix that stuff. They need to stop being that way. And, and But then we're not admitting, right? We're not acknowledging the mirror. Right. Right? I, know, I know somebody that says, there is no evil in the world. It's all in me and I just perceive it that way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but, you know, I want to say too something about like, I think it's true. I'm going to just be honest because like, I agree about, I love Rene Girard. I love this. Uh, he has a book called I Saw Satan Fall Like Lightning that is phenomenal. If you've not read anything of Rene Girard, I recommend that book. And when I'm reading that book, it was like so powerful. And so one of the, one of the principles he points out is that a lot of times we behave these, this way. We scapegoat people. We follow the crowd. We're mimetic. We, we imitate other people's desires. We don't, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, but he points out that one of the things that breaks that pattern is to recognize it. Mm-hmm. That once you are aware that people do that and then you recognize in the mirror, oh crap, I do that. Mm-hmm. That that's one of the things that helps to break it. But can mm-hmm. I tell you, not a, it's, not like an, it's not like a light switch. Because no. this happened to me like a couple of months ago. I was um, at someone invited us over for dinner, and a couple of people were there. And um, and the guys, all the, all the guys, they were there. It was like me and uh, the husband of the woman who hosted, and this other friend of mine, and another guy. Right, so there's like four of us here. And um, right away, as soon as we people started showing up to the party, is a little bit of this kind of like, kind of like, kind of, you know, how spiritually intelligent you know how much i know about this and that and i saw it happening you know what i mean i i saw this one guy and he started talking about this stuff and i saw the other guy reacting to him and i'm like oh that's what's happening right but damn it by the end of the night i was doing it too and then i and i'm even sitting there at the table and it's happening and i'm knowing there's like this little voice in the back of my mind going keith you know this is happening and you're playing along with this crap right and it's so hard even when you recognize it to to go to see it and go, I'm out of this. Right? Yeah, How do I get out of that? You know, How do I pull you know, out of that. Something thing? that's it's been a vortex. Right? Something that's been helpful for me is when I because I totally get that. Yeah. When I'm sitting, I'm going, man. I'll, you know what? I'll do. I, my dad does this to me. So if I talk to my dad on the phone, trigger, 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 trigger. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, man, this guy's pushing my buttons here, and I feel it. And then you know, the only thing, the only way out of it for me is when I see it in myself and I go, I love that about me. <laughs> no, seriously. Like, yeah. like almost like not love it. Like I love it. Like in a sense of like, Oh man, you're just, you're trying so hard. Yeah. <laughs> like trying too hard. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah. like, I, like almost like, like you kind of see, you know, you know, like what maybe your child is doing something and they're trying, they're trying to please you and you go, bless your heart. Like you really just, so is it a bit like I stepping out of, you. kind of like stepping yeah. out of your skin a little bit and kind of observing yourself like, what you, are you doing, man? You need to yeah. be affirmed. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, man, you know what? Exactly. I get that. I love yeah. that about you. Yeah. You need to be affirmed. Man, I get that. I have felt that. And you kind of have this compassion yeah. on yourself. Yeah. And then, and then, of course, once you have that compassion for you, it's easy to yeah. give it away. Right, sure. exactly. Because yeah. you project it. You know? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's absolutely. We, we could keep going on, and we're going to be able to keep going on. So we're going to wrap it up <laughs> on this episode. But anything that we've talked about, in this episode or other stuff that you have heard in other podcasts or just stuff that you want to talk about, 
We're going to have a Q&A afterwards. We're going to take a little break, of course, and make sure to fill, refill your drinks so the conversation is a little more looped up. Um, <laughs> get some pizza, get some sidecar donuts, of course. Um, so we'll do that after. But I just want to tell you that we have a website. It's heretichappyhour.com. On there, we have a store. We've got T-shirts. We've got pillows that are hilarious. They are hilarious. Uh, they are hilarious. Yes. So please go visit our website. You can get notifications, of course, when every new episode is out. HereticHappyHour.com. Yep. And by the way, if you love this podcast and you just can't get enough. Which is all of you. Which is everyone, yeah, of I course. It. I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, the good news is you can join our Patreon page. And for as little as what? Is it $2 a month? I think it's 2 $2 a month yeah. or more. Or more. Much more. Um, you get to get, we, we record bonus content, bonus interviews when we do uh, interviews and bonus stuff. Like after it's finished recording, we keep talking for another 10, 15 minutes on uh, extra stuff. And only you guys on the Patreon page get to hear that stuff. So that's just for you. And as if that wasn't enough. Wait, don't answer because you also get, <laughs> you get access to a private Facebook group uh, the Heretic Happy Hour Facebook group. The only people that are allowed into that Facebook group are Patreon supporters. So you get to go there and also continue to interact and continue to have these great conversations. Oh, and, and it says here that we are on iTunes. I don't know if you guys knew that. That's no. the rumor. We, really? We are on iTunes now as a podcast. Huh. I, mean, I think it's where it you, so you can rate us and review us on For iTunes. For two and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Just some people don't know that though. And uh, somebody wrote a, a negative review about, about me. I was annoying and obnoxious. I cannot see that. So, I don't know. They also said I was eating. They said oh I was eating. Which so, is probably true. That's probably true. Was true. That's true. So rate us, but only good reviews. Yes. Only good reviews. Don't talk shit on there, man. <laughs> shit. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks Thank for you. Go get something yeah, to drink, get something it. to eat. Yes. Yeah. Give yourselves a hand. Yeah, sure.